Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm presenting Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne, and I'm here with interior designer Camilla Moulders. She's got her own practice, Camilla Moulders Design, and I've only just acquainted Camilla recently, and uh, she came on one of my tours, and I said, oh, I'd love to see your work. So welcome to the program, Camilla. Thank you, Stephen. Thrilled to be here. No, delighted to have you. Um, Camilla, I think to start with, you you uh, started RMIT back in the early 90s. Uh, I think then the course was called the School of Design. It was. But you now work a lot in high end or, you know, towards the end, top end in residential work. Yes. And we were talking before we sat down just about architects and interior designers and sometimes there's not that synergy that you get and you you know architects think they can do the interiors but you'd probably think the opposite or not it's not always the case it's not always the case there's some beautiful work done by architects out there but uh, I, I do respect when architects will say let's bring in a designer who will think a little bit differently and actually think early on how you're going to cover those windows so you actually have block out in your bedroom uh, and sleep well. <laughs> Why is it you, you think that architects don't engage interior designers more often? I hate to say the word ego. No, you can say ego. I think sometimes it'd be a case of ego, but also stepping on toes. Mm. Uh, no one wants to feel their voice smothered by other people's opinions. Uh, I'm one that I certainly know I can have an opinion <laughs> and, and voice it. But my job when I'm working with an architect and a client is sort of just straddle between. I don't want to take over an architect's work. I want to see their vision through as well, but make sure the client's voice is heard and they get the softening that that they perhaps would, would like. Um, Camilla, what are the things you notice that architects don't pay enough attention to when it comes to an interior? One project I'm working on at the moment has is something that... Uh, we don't have to mention names. No, I won't mention names. A wonderful architect, and they've done some very clever things in the, in this project. However, there was a lot of detail set around a projector on a wall to watch the television, to be as the television. And I was looking through the plans and the 3D renders of, of the architect, beautiful space, then I said to the client, how are you going to watch television during the day? Because there's a light room. What? It's, it's, so, it's flooded with light. And it's just little details like that that I think get lost sometimes by architects, the practical sides. I heard um, one case of a client who was quite short and um, the architect had actually done bit kitchen <laughs> uh, benches far too high. Expecting them to stand on a stool. Well, I think they did. They said, well, just wear high shoes. Uh, so that must... It's upsetting. Yeah, because it's those details that make a kitchen from a joy to yeah. something that's actually just hard work. Well, you've got to remember that it's the client's home and that's something I, I will say to my clients I'm listening and I'm not forgetting that you're the one living here oh, it, it's all nice to put pictures together that all look pretty or make a lovely photograph for a magazine but it's got to be functional and livable mm. and, and the client has a connection with it it was interesting you mentioned you can tell fairly quickly on in, in the piece whether clients write for you how do you know? Generally, when somebody phones out of the blue and just says, 
the words that I love is I've been looking around and I just want something that doesn't look the same as everybody else's and your projects all look different and they're, they're the golden words for me. So there's not a house style, there's not the traditional use of materials that everyone uses, like marble everywhere. And Look, I, I will, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I used to be saying that my work was all about the clients and was very client-driven, and it absolutely is. Recently I was compiling pictures of my work together and I thought, no, I actually do have, I can see a style there. And there's certainly always clients' voices are heard all through it, mm-hmm. but... I am about colour and simple lines and bold choices here and there, but the bold's always balanced, I think. Uh, I would have a lot of trouble doing a neutral room. Mm. I've realised that. It's that that colour I find easy. So if if a client came to you and said, Camilla, look, I'm really into beige. It's my favourite tone. I like something neutral. Long that has longevity, what do you do? Do you try and educate them and say, look, it's just a colour on the wall, you can change it down the track, or do you say, I'm not, you're not right for me? I would explore the project a little further and see where it goes and see if they were a little open to new ideas because often they don't understand what's even out and what's available. They've just seen all the beige that's in magazines or the Carrera marble that is everywhere at the moment and they think that that's what they like. But once you have a conversation with them and show them other options, generally, certainly there's there's some that won't do that way. But a, a neutral base. And then you'll introduce colouring furniture. Exactly, just with some little pops here and there. So and it be- could just be in your cushions or... So before long, Mrs Beige ends up with this beautiful room of colour and she's yep. actually delighted and she doesn't realise that she said she doesn't like colour. That's right, and often <laughs> often you, you find that they start dressing with more colour afterwards as well. It's like you've sort of opened their eyes to a world of rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking at some of your work. You did this beautiful house in Brighton um, and it won uh, was in the top 50 rooms it was a study for House and Garden magazine, Australian House and Garden magazine again very subtle use of colour but quite dark moody background and then these quite bold um, armchairs, floral armchairs Mm. so it's always that play between pattern and, Mm. and, um, and, and kind of dark and moody Tell me a little bit about that project, Camilla. That's a project where the house is has the most beautiful bones. An mm. Edwardian house that uh, has been... Um, the rear of it has been de- redesigned probably in the 90s some time ago. We just did the front section of the house um, before the clients moved in, and that particular study used to be maroon with very yellowed timber floors. Uh, and the young couple that lived there, it, it, it was too heavy for them. And uh, the the brief on that, and I always like to hear what people say to me in the front when, when they're giving me a brief, bohemian eclectic. Mm-hmm. And now I think it makes sense now that I've thought about the project a lot, um, but it, for, it took me a little while to get my head around what mm. that actually means. What does it mean? I think texture and colour and layers and a little bit over the top, but not too much. Yeah. Restrained over the top, if that makes... Yeah. Hmm, might make up a new saying on yeah. that. 
And obviously, when you start to present a scheme, how do you tend to work? Do you tend to give them storyboards? No, it's just talk very collaborative. Things? Generally, I'll have a spark of an idea, and often I will turn up. I like to work on site as much as possible. I want to be in the space and see how colours respond in the space. How they look in my studio is completely different to how they will be in in their home and and the more time I'm on the site the more I get a feel for for the client in their home uh, so it's not this set storyboard it's no, more like a work in progress absolutely. you'll go in and go oh, I think I, we need this rather than yeah that. I'll go with a bit of a spark of an idea and often we'll uh, if it's a textile sort of based uh, project I'll go in with lots of samples um, and often we'll we'll look at things and just pull it out and say that's it and it just all all can tumble from there. And with the with this Brighton house, you've also used colour through very subtle ways in in like the almost like a raffia style. Oh, that wallpaper! Wallpaper I that's just got it. these slubs of colour through it. That wallpaper f- is absolutely fascinating to me. And as a textile junkie, I just, just love it. It gets me a little bit too excited. <laughs> but it's actually silk. And all the little slubs of colour that you can see are, are woven, saris woven into it. How amazing. It is spectacular. So when you get the right client who actually allows you the freedom to use these wonderful textiles, that must be oh, quite I'm, wonderful. Oh, it's my Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't let things happen that I don't passionately believe is the right uh, choice or selection. Yeah. And, if the client, and you can see in a client's expression if they get it or not. And if they, they're not animated, you have to read all the signs, yeah. what they're saying and what they're not saying, uh, and and you can tell but if they must, connect with it or not. Um, Camilla, for a designer, for a, you know, when you do get excited and passionate about something, whether it's a wallpaper or colour or a fabric or piece of furniture or even just the way spaces are opened up, um, and then the client isn't with you on that journey, mm. it must be a real downer. I mean, you must go home and go... I don't know what I'm doing this for. Uh, I've just spilt my guts. Yeah. I've really actually seen a vision. There, and I, look, there was a time where uh, something was, was going a little bit wrong and I just thought, oh, this is emotionally taxing. Maybe I should just go and make sandwiches for a living, just mm. do the monotony of, of that. And then I realised that I can't actually make sandwiches and this yeah, is what I have to do. Probably a problem. <laughs> <laughs> probably a problem. There's probably sandwich-making courses you could do. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Um, you were also telling me that you like to customise things. So, like, for a, a warehouse, for example, mm-hmm. you couldn't find the right door to... Well, we... No, no. It's you, a beautiful warehouse um, in in Middle Park. And, uh, we, and you, the, the client... Turn of the century, turn of the 20th century. Yeah, apparently it was a box factory many years ago. Mm. Mm. Um, but a really beautiful building. And the architect on it... Uh, Robert Miles. Robert Did Miles a, or Robert, Rob Mills? No, Robert Miles. Oh, okay. He's uh, based in South Melbourne. He hmm. did a beautiful, really beautiful design, um, uh, taking the interior out, stripping in and putting in some clever um, solutions yeah. for, for the space. But the doors, the, the client wanted something castle-like. Hmm. So we worked with the... A local timber maker 
who the client actually found, and uh, he made some really beautiful doors. That must be the other problem. When people are renovating, that's the time they start becoming bowerbirds, and I imagine they travel to all sorts of places, whether it's here or overseas, and then they present you with these. I love it. Do you? I do love it. See, architects don't, I don't think. No, but... They find, like, oh, but that's kind of spoiling my design. Well, it's their house, and they want to live with things that they they want to. Um, I I do say to clients, I have several job titles, <laughs> and one of them is Dream Killer, <laughs> and that's because quite often we'll be well into a project, and then they'll turn around and say something so completely contrary to to what we've been doing, and I do have to say, no, that's not going to work. We'll try. I'll I'll think about it. But often it won't work. But uh, you know that's one of my many job titles. And how does it, the client usually react to that? Usually by then they've trust me enough to yeah. understand that I have their best interests at heart. Because I think imagine it is a lot about trust. It's very much about trust when you're uh, asking somebody to go a little bit uh, off centre and mm. be a bit bold with colour. They need to really trust that I know how to balance it. The trouble is. Um, Camilla, and you probably agree, colour can be done really beautifully, mm -hmm. like with the the work I'm seeing in front of me, very dark, rich colours, but it can get really tacky. That's it's right. so hard, I mm. imagine, to work with colour. And it gets, and people just perhaps not using professionals even on their own bat. Oh, have, that's when it's bad. <laughs> yeah, that is, you can see Look, these gaudy colour, feature walls. Colour is something that does, it, it makes sense to me. I I think that is my strength. Um, understanding, I, I, I'm very, I'm quite visual, and I can see what I'm talking about when I'm talking with the clients. Um, and it takes a little. I mean, we're not presenting an idea and saying this is all. We're sort of building it layer by layer, and I think then the clients understand and are a little bit able to take more of a risk when it, when it's not all bang there. Mm. I'm also looking at um, this beach house in Aries Inlet, mm -hmm. which is, in a sense, there's little highlights of colour, but it's very much responding to the bush setting. That's right. And you were mentioning that just large picture windows, it is actually it's, about the setting, not the house. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful house that uh, some architects, uh, Miller Robertson, designed. And uh, the the living area, everything is is about looking about out at the windows, which it's just the beach scrub all around. And I felt that it really needed to be about the textures and and looking out to the windows, not the interiors being too uh, look at me too much. Hmm. Uh, and it, it's so you've used you've used very charcoals, greys, almost yeah. the colours of the trunks. Yeah, exactly. In the furnishings, yeah. the wallpapers, yeah. the, the rugs. With just some little um, pops of things like a coffee table that I designed with uh, some orange legs. Mm. Um, the other thing that I'm, I'm looking at, which is absolutely exquisite, um, it is really beautiful, is this jewel-like apartment in St Kilda. Mm. It really does say something to me. I mean, it's not just the joinery and the colour, but it is very um, it is very carefully 
curated. Thank you. It, uh, Tell me about it. It must. Have, you said it was a very small space. It's a tiny little apartment in Inkerman Street in St Kilda. I think it was one that um, Architects Eat designed the building. So Not near some... Neo Metro's, is it? Yeah, near that. So it must be very recent. Um, recent. Only a few years, yeah. 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 Um, but it's a tiny little living space, uh, but it has a lot of light pouring in. And the client's first thing that she said to me, she, the only thing that she's had on her wish list was, I want a bright orange sofa. And I thought, hello. <laughs> and to me, you know, the, that meant everything else had to be bold to balance the bright orange velvet sofa that we ended up It wouldn't up be as... Oh, it is. It's a yeah. small space, so what, 80 square metres or...? Oh, not even. It's tiny. 70. It's a little... Oh, no, it's a two-bedroom, so yeah, probably about, about 70. 80. Yeah. But you've you've done all the joinery. You... I did. I designed the the cabinet that you're looking at there. I the Eve Klein blue. Yep. Um, and uh, a rug that we designed for the space as well. Uh, and that's a, a tiny little uh, dining space where we just used some really bold, beautiful chairs <clears throat> that Earl Pinto made. They're puzzle chairs, and so one. When you look at them from one direction, they're turquoise, and from the other direction, they're blue, and then with with ply as well. But they're very cool. And then the space is so tight, you actually used a screen, yes. striped black and white screen, to conceal mm. a bathroom. That's right, and that's because apparently, um, well, in the in the bedroom um, where you have a direct look into the ensuite, uh, apparently that's bad feng shui, or oh. feng shui. Um, and so we covered it up simply, just with a beautifully uh, upholstered screen. Look, very varied projects. Is I think, as you said, they're all quite different, but there is a thread that is through them. I I think it's probably the use. Um, being, I think the colour is the colour. Yeah, but they are all different, which is actually quite refreshing that you don't have a house style because no. people are different. People have different requirements. What, what's been one of your more challenging projects? And again, you don't have to mention clients. Hmm. What's something that you've really that stumped you and, you and you really perhaps even left it for a while and said, look, I'll have to come back and think about it? Or I can't think of one offhand. Hmm. I'm, the stories that are coming to mind are the challenging clients rather hmm. than the... The people. Is it because people expect with interior design to be quick, 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 and people don't get that it actually takes time well, for a room to settle? I suppose there's one one project I did walk away from, and happily so. I realised into it that they wanted me to just be a facilitator, not a designer. So put you in touch with different people. Yes, and this is a light I want. Where can I find it here? No, I want exactly this one. Okay. Um, so and you just had to is, fill a wish list. Yes, exactly. And that's not really... It just yeah. You have to be passionate about what you're doing. And I just I wasn't feeling it. And then when they showed me the external cladding that was plastic, I thought, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose one architect years ago said to me, I still remember when a client said, I want something really contemporary. That's the sign. Yeah. I don't think you're right for me. Mm. Well, it's... It's always interesting to explore what that actually means. Mm -hmm. Somebody's view of contemporary is completely different to so many others. So I, I always will ask clients to show me images of spaces that they like, whether that's 
just they like the feel of the room or the colour of a lamp, and I just can get a clear understanding of, of mm. what's in their head and can go from there and, and, mm. and build something around what they're like. But it always is the starting point in how they want to feel in the space. Are you the type of uh, interior designer where the kids get involved and you get their voices into it as well? Yeah, yeah. Because often, you know, I would I would think sometimes kids are ignored and because, yeah. you know... Yeah, and look, and that probably comes from a personal experience <laughs> of, of when I was a child, a child of, born in the 70s. Uh, my bedroom growing up was bright red wallpaper and bright Kermit green uh, curtains and uh, all the furniture was gloss red and maybe that's where my colour <laughs> passion started but I remember when I But finally, your parents didn't hold you back uh, Well that, my mother did that room oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, When I got a, a voice later and, and was able to paint the room I wanted a, a blue room and my mother was an art teacher and understands colour She's like, that's not going to work. It's too dark. You don't get enough light in there. No, but I wanted, I wanted. Well, I didn't win that, but uh, she did try to put a pink room on on me, and I'm just not a pink girl. And all those pinks at the moment. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, I agree yuck. with you on that. Yeah. Really awful. When they when I started seeing pinks last year, I thought, oh, this is only uh, a fad. Mm. Surely it'll disappear now but i've seen more of it and it's just everywhere this well, kind of looks like undercoat cover, yeah, cover pink I just, hideous. I, I don't something i'm quite passionate about and can can rant to my clients about a little bit yeah. is i don't understand why you'd want to live in a trend why yeah. you want to walk into a room and say oh, that was 2017 wasn't it no why do people want to I be in a trend understand. i don't get it either i don't because it's about it's just joy yeah. it's about joy mm. i would have thought mm. And But I do think, look, I know there are a lot of people into trends at the moment, a lot of television shows into trends, which are all quite, you know, difficult to watch. But I'd like to think there's a small voice out there that people are saying, you know what, we don't care. We actually want to do I'm what here. gives us pleasure. Yes. You know. Yeah, I, will, I, I shout that quite loudly in my <laughs> tiny little solo circle. Yeah. Well, look, um, Camilla... Thanks so much for coming on today. My pleasure. It's been great having you on. Thank you. And um, you've been with Stephen Crafty, Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne. Thanks so much for listening.